What's up, my friends? I'm Scott. And I'm Jason. And you are listening to Liquid Carnage. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm doing really good, man. It's a great, it's a great Monday. I'm feeling good, feeling alive. I got a, my lab work done last week and all of my test results came in normal. My blood pressure's good. My uh, cholesterol's good. My A1C is good. I'm a healthy 51 year old, my friend. That is good to hear. Yeah. That is, that is very good to hear. Yeah. I, I had that done right after the first of the year. And here's a pro tip. Don't ever go to the doctor right after the holidays. <laughs> you have elevations in areas, huh? Yeah. Everything. Yeah. yeah there's some elevations and I'd look at them and tell them, man, it's January. I'm wearing three layers of clothes because I, I gained like six pounds over the last six months. And I told him like, man, like I'm, I'm wearing three layers. It's cold outside. We just got out of the holidays. Like, give me a break. You know, it's like, I am not, and you can even look at me and say, I am not that big. So come on, knock it off. You know, I'm, I'm getting to the point in, in life and I can see why some of these conspiracy theory people start to believe what they believe. Um, mm-hmm. because I've got a friend who has lost a lot of weight, looks amazing, um, lots of energy, feels better, yet, cholesterol and um, all the precursors are a little high. And so the doctor said, whatever you're doing, you need to stop doing that because it's going to kill you. And he's like, well, wait a minute. I, I, I've i lost weight. I feel better. I'm sleep better. I'm more regular than I've ever yeah. been. Di- like, well, what, where are you coming up with this? Like, it's almost like, once you create this little, you know, set parameters um, nothing can take you away from saying, well, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I need to look at other things that determine whether someone's healthy or not. You know, I think, I think as we go on into this world, there's a lot of different ways to determine someone's health physically. And I, I, there's 8 billion people on this planet. So there's gotta be different ways to stay healthy. And, and to be honest with you, it's, it's defined in so many different ways. You know, I'm, I'm healthy because my blood pressure is normal ish with my blood pressure medication, but I exercise, I stay active. You know, I watch what I eat for the most part, you know, sure. I could drink a little bit less or, you know, be a little more active, but shouldn't everybody, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all racing to a finish line. We don't know when it's coming and you have to enjoy yourself along the way, you know? Yeah. I, um, I had an interesting conversation with a coworker who was, who was under the, um, he, he, he lives under the guidelines of, I never get a flu shot every year and I've never gotten the flu. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, I do get a flu shot every year and I don't get the flu either. So can we both be right? Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Or- like, like maybe, maybe his body doesn't need, um, the flu booster, you know, the flu vaccine to, to stay healthy. You know, I have another friend. He's never gotten the COVID shot. Never. Not the first one or any of the boosters has never gotten COVID. I've got a friend of mine who's gotten every booster and has already gotten COVID four times. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so can we both be right? I guess because well, here's a guy who's never gotten COVID and never gotten the, the shot at all. <laughs> well, you also have to look at, you know, are you asymptomatic or not with that, with those things too? You know, I often wonder. Uh, if, if I've ever had the flu or, or COVID or whatever else, I've just been asymptomatic. Yeah. Very you good know, point. You know, we had a whole, we had a whole house full of sick, uh, people last week and I managed to evade it, knock on wood. Um, or maybe I just didn't have the symptoms. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I have gotten COVID, um, and that was before any shots or, and boosters were available. 
is it possible that once I got COVID, I had the antibodies in my system and I've never gotten it again? Yeah. You know what I mean? I, mean, I don't know. Everybody's body's different, right? Everyone yeah. has something different in their makeup. Um, there's a great documentary. I don't know if you saw the documentary on, on uh, uh, Netflix, but it, it was talking about food sources in the United States. And they did a test that they said it's so hard to say what food is good or what food is bad for us because each person reacts differently to a food, right? I can drink yeah. milk, no problem. Another person drinks milk and they're lactose intolerant and are sick. So yeah. what they did, though, is they did they compared a pure vegetarian diet with a pure, pure omnivore diet, but they mm-hmm. did it with identical twins so that these are genetically identical people. You can see without having to worry about, well, is this person allergic to something and that person not? They're identical twins, so they have the mm-hmm. same genetic makeup, and they they basically did uh, one month of a, a the, the, the study group-based diet. They would prepare prepare the foods for you, and then the second week they would let the people make their foods. They still had to adhere to either vegetarian or the omnivore diet, but they mm-hmm. could make their own foods. And it was pretty fascinating the the results when you compare it on two identical genetic people. Yeah. Um, that you know, it's a fascinating if if, if you're interested in, in in watching something and kind of being horrified by our our food system here in the United States. Um, yeah, we 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 could do better. <laughs> we could do better. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's why I stay away from the food documentaries because I know how bad it is. Yeah, and I don't need the reaffirmation of that by watching it. Yeah, because then you just get more paranoid. You know, is, we watched a, a, a docu-series on Netflix over the weekend called American Nightmare. Have you seen that one? No, I want to. Oh, my God. I don't even know how to describe it, but um, if, if you watch it, but it's, it's basically it's about a woman who gets kidnapped. Out of her house, home invasion, 3 a.m., she gets kidnapped. Um, her boyfriend is essentially um, given drugs and knocked out, so he doesn't call the cops for eight hours. And it's this wild story about, um, like they woke up with flashlights and in, in, in their faces and guns to him. They put blinders on him and music over his head, over, over his ears, headphones. And then, um, I guess the, the kidnapper was very nice to, to them. And he laid them down on the couch and said, you're going to be videotaped. Do not call anybody. Send me 15 grand and I'll let her go. So when he finally calls the cops eight hours later, they bring him in to, you know, talk about what happened because he was he was he wants to help. He wants to find his girlfriend. Pretty soon the cops start treating him like he's the murderer, like he murdered the woman. Um, just this whole they don't believe the story because it's so bizarre and so complex. The cops basically just say, no, this is all a lie. Uh, you just killed her. Tell her tell us where the body's at. Oh, then, geez. OK. Two days later, she shows up 400 miles away. Cause this takes place outside San Francisco. Uh, two days later, she shows up at her dad's house in Huntington Beach, California, 400 miles away. So the cops don't try to figure out the kidnapper at this point. They accuse both of them of just this elaborate hoax to get the world's attention. Oh, wow. Okay. And it goes on about that and, and how a, a cop outside Lake Tahoe actually stumbled upon the actual kidnapper and whatnot and, and solved the case and, just shows like how you know negligent the police force was. It's very good. It's it's worth watching. It's called okay. American Nightmare. Okay. Well, I had an interesting thing happen at my work um, that that kind of spurred on 
our topic today because uh, they did a uh, a town hall. He wants the, our new CEO wants to do a town hall every quarter, talk about what changes in the marketplace are happening and what things are happening internally, and just kind of give every employee an opportunity to kind of listen and, and find out what's exactly yeah. going on. Well, yeah. um, they our uh, fin- chief financial officer had made a comment that um, they were looking at a vendor to bring AI technology into our company to help with the billing side of okay. the business. Well, everything I know about AI so far has been chat GPT. You can have it write a letter for you, an email for you. You can write it, you know, all this stuff that's very retail. I'll call it retail, right? Yeah, retail based. Yeah, uh, retail based. Like, oh, okay, how fun is that? Hey, can you write this script for me? And blah blah blah. Great. Well, this kind of spurred me on to say, huh? Now, are my company is talking about doing AI. We everything in the news is talking about how you know Microsoft and Amazon and and Apple and everyone's trying to bring on AI. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what that meant, so I I I, I got a book. Um, to, to read about AI. And I, I'm, I'm halfway through the book now and I find it fascinating how AI is so much more than just chat GPT. Oh yeah. Um, and one of the stories that I was reading about was, um, in the city of Los Angeles a couple of years ago, the, 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 the city wanted to bring AI technology to the police force. And so what they asked the AI computer to do is, um, basically break the city into 500 equally or approximately equally sized grids, mm-hmm. estimate where are the likelihood of crimes being committed in each of the blocks, and then reallocating the, the police force not based on population or anything or equality, but hey, this has a higher percentage of chance that there's going to be more crime in this district than there is in this. So allocate your police force over there. Yeah. And I thought, man, okay, so now we're getting past to write my uh, resume up, right? I mean, now we're getting into let the computer do it, it kind of reminded me of how baseball has changed where now it's like when there's two outs against this pitcher after the seventh inning, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you analytics. do this. Yeah. It's, it's, it's analytics. Analytics. Thank you. Analytics. Um, and what was fascinating about the story was, is that it took a while for the police department to identify that the measurements of what makes a police shift successful or failure is going to also have to change. Yeah. Uh, because what they found was, let's say that grid number four was supposed to have a high probability of crime. So they allocated more police there. But for most police, their gauges of whether they had a successful shift or not was apprehensions, uh, you know, yeah, interviewing what, what citizens, did. blah, blah, blah. Well, a lot of the police officers were coming back saying, you know, I didn't do anything while I was in this grid. Why did you send me there when there could have been crime happening somewhere else why did you send me to this place where nothing happened and and so they were saying i didn't i didn't make any arrests i didn't write any tickets i didn't stop i didn't do anything Mm -hmm. and when they started looking at the data they were having a tough time identifying well was our presence being allocated there what stopped the crime from happening thus we need to change our parameters of what's a successful Shift. Yeah. 
what a, what a successful shift is. And you know, well, it, we we talked about the fear of turning our lives over to AI. This mm-hmm. uh, book that I'm reading it talks about real life examples of companies and, and districts and cities that are trying to use AI to help their processes. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's that's an interesting topic because. We, a lot of the world thinks that you know AI is going to take over everything, and I think it's more of a it's more of a AI is going to help enhance the business aspect of of how companies are run, um, efficiency, and and take a lot of the legwork out of, of of you know what makes things more problematic in the business. You know whether it be billing or scheduling or you know or what have you, and it's. It's inevitable. I mean, you you try to log on to the the internet now. Anytime you anytime you, you try to buy a product, you have to click the box to make sure you're not a robot. Everything's very intuitive when it comes to to shopping online now and how it tracks you. It's 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 not the fact that AI is coming. AI is here, and we just have to figure out how to adapt and, and live with it instead of thinking, oh my God, it's the Terminator. It's going to take us over. Well, I think there, I think, I think it's like any technology. The general practice of a new technology, for the most part, is good, right? Good things yeah. come from it. But there's always going to be those bad things. And we seem to focus as a society on the bad things that could happen, not like you said, whether people want to hear it or not. Google's been doing this for 15 years. Yeah. You start typing in a search and it knows what you Predictive. want to say. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's also you have to think about it from this perspective. Generally, stuff that hits the commercial markets has been within our governments and militaries for at least, you know, 10 to 15 years. So it stands to believe that the AI that we're getting now, that it, that it's getting a little bit better. It, it's probably been around a lot longer than people realize have been used for a lot more things than people want to realize, you know. Yeah, I I I I think that's a really good issue because while we can conceptually identify, oh yeah, this would make it a lot easier if, I comp- if our company used AI to do this or make an, a guesstimate of this, um, the application of that is the hard part, right? The theory is yeah. great. The application is what's, what's difficult. And I, I think what's, you know, the difference between AI and, you know, humans doing the work, it's, it's the cognition of you know, doing what is right and what is wrong and being able to read the gray area of a subject because I think AI is, is going to be more or less black and white, you know, and I, I think as time goes on, that's, that's where you're going to find the balance of, you know, AI, they might put the, the police into that grid because that's where they're, they're projecting the crime to be, but what they're defining as a crime versus what it's, what's actually going on, what, you know, that's what's that's the perk of being an actual law enforcement officer. You can sit there, engage it for yourself and decide, is this something that's really a crime or going to be a crime or is it just, you know, a gathering of people? Yeah, it's kind of like like kind of the same thing as what we were talking about. At the very beginning was if I don't get the shot and I don't get covid is is there a correlation between that? If I go to a, a section of the city and there's no crime. Do we chalk it up as the AI made a mistake that there should have been crime and wasn't? Or do we chalk it up as the AI was perfectly aligned? This is where the crime should happen. If we send our folks there, crime won't happen. Well, it becomes the chicken or the egg, which can't. Oh, yeah, right. There we go. Chicken or the egg. Yeah. 
you know, when, when you, when you start looking at that, it's like you can make an argument for either one. You know, crime didn't happen because we had cops there or, you know, crime didn't happen because that's just not where they do crime. You know, it's, it's however you want to look at it. You know, it's, it's almost like everything else in today's world where it depends how you're looking at it. And if it's not what you want to see, you can make up your own reasoning for why it is what it is. One of the things that I think will be amazing uh, going forward is that a lot of times humans make a decision, right? On intuition, on a gut feeling. The gray area. Yeah. The gray area, right? That we use our, we use our personal experience, our, our knowledge of a situation and a gut feeling of what's going to happen, what's not going to happen. AI will be able to take today's results from the police force and then add them to tomorrow's results to the police force and continue to grow a database of, okay, over the last 15 months that, you know, so the calculation will start to change that humans just don't we don't have the capability of of doing that see i think what you're basically doing at that point is you're, you're you mentioned them earlier the analytics of baseball and you you can predict what's going to happen based on past numbers and that's that's what the the business world and the in the government world and civic world is going to come across later on once you have enough data into your ai systems they'll be able to predict you know outcomes to, to, to a very close, you know, accuracy. And I, I think in a certain sense, that's good. I mean, it, it would, in theory, help, I would say, when it comes to law enforcement, maybe help us lead, lead us to a more utopic society. But I also know when you're factoring in uh, the human mind, there's never going to be an exact science. Yeah, they, they, they said in one of the articles that, that basically, um, they're finding that 40% of the companies that bring AI on, into their fact, into their facility for whatever reason are failing. It's failing. And it's not failing because they can't teach people. It's not failing that it doesn't identify certain areas. Um, they're finding that the, one of the biggest contributors to the failure is the inability to formulate the right question to yeah. ask the AI computer to calculate. Um, I don't know. Have you ever used, have you ever used the, the chat GPT when you ask him to do something and mm. they don't, they don't do it quite right. And you have to say, nope, that, okay, I gotta, I gotta word it differently. I gotta word it. You know, that's what they're finding is that, you know, we have to learn how to ask the questions correctly to get the results that we want. Yeah. See, you know, I've yet to mess with any AI system like that. I know for me, it's still kind of weird. So I just, I don't want to mess with it. You know, the older we get, the more we realize I am one of those older guys that still prefers to print things out and look at them that way instead of look at them from a computer screen. Um, I'm, I'm very much that uh, zenial mentality more than the, the, the millennial that they try to group me into. Well, it, like, think of it this way, Scott. If I wanted to go to a chat GPT tonight and say, mm -hmm. I want you to pick out a topic of a podcast of two friends who are simulating talking at a bar after work, give me topic to talk about. Could, could, we done that for, we should have done that. Could, that should have been our topic today. Could Jack Chibi, could, could it come up with it? Or would I, I mean, I would be interested to see what comes up out of that solution and then, um, you know, see what the topic is and then, can you do you that know, so we can circle back to that. 
you know what? Why don't we do this? It, this will be part one, right? We'll talk about the, the, the chat GPT and, and mm-hmm. AI and how, you know, outside of a retail environment, but when you look at corporate environments, the positives and negatives, but yeah. for next week, I will play around with chat GPT and try to come up with what I told it to give us an example of, and then how many reiterations did it take for us to come up with a topic? Okay. Um, Sounds like a good idea. Uh, and then we can, and then uh, we'll just, we'll bring up that topic. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay. I think that's fair. It's, it's good to see um, on a couple of because I want to see if we can actually discuss the topic without doing a lot of research. Yeah, I think that that's a key, right? Because a lot of the times that we, you and I have a discussion, um, and our audience probably already knows this, we're not experts in the, in, we're not like talking from an expertise other than our own knowledge, our own yeah, gut yeah. feeling, our own intuition. Yeah, some people would call that a jack of all trade and a master of none. A master of none. You know, that, and let's be honest, in today's world, when you talk to anyone about any sort of topic that has any sort of depth, most of us don't know anything about the topic other than what our emotions and our Twitter's length, um, ideas of the topic are. Uh, so I, I, I fully am aware that a lot of times we're, you know, we're talking as friends would talk, but we don't know shit either. Yeah. I mean, I guess at some point we should put the views, uh, expressed by the two podcasters are not. Uh, representative of the actual current events in theory. I don't know. You know, so, I don't think you need to do that because I think we're we're probably like ninety five percent of the population. That's fair. And I, well, I, I well, really most think of us don't know tra- shit about anything. Yeah. I'm sure that the EP probably knows a hell of a lot more about AI than I do. Um, yeah, that's probably fair. Uh, you know, so maybe he has some insight in his progress notes tonight this week that'll help us kind of answer some of these questions. Um, oh, I can't it, wait to see his progress notes about this one. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it also makes me too. One of the things that that it seems like it's very important that if you're going to implement in a in a commercial or industrial process. You have to be very selective of where you're going to start collecting the data. Um, like I, I wouldn't see that you would roll this out in an entire company, right? Yeah. You might roll it out to, um, you might roll it out on maybe a marketing section of the company or maybe materials management. You might say, okay, I want you to come up with an inventory system that gives us the most dollar for, you know, uh, for yeah. what we have. Yeah, I think you would definitely have to pick and choose. You can't just use AI as a blanket way to fix your company. You have to decide which departments it's going to work in best and, and and design it appropriately because every AI is going to be different. You know, when it comes to those departments, it's almost like a, like a snowflake. No two are going to be alike. Do you feel like that that we as a citizenry though are now starting to get exposed and get more knowledgeable? About the last 10 years, right? Everything. Oh, the algorithm has calculated this. Oh, the algorithm has turned us into this. I feel like this is starting to educate us all. How does the algorithm work? Yeah. How, how does that really work? We know that we know that when we look for a shirt, we automatically start getting ads for shirts, right? We just yeah. get that. How does that happen? And AI is kind of familiarizing us all with, Oh, okay. AI, there's a computer in the background that accesses thousands and millions of points of data and says, hey, if this guy likes a shirt, then send these advertisements to that person. Let's throw this to him and see what he finds. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and that part, I mean, 
I can honestly say I see some good and some bad with it. I'm, I'm interested to see how they want to roll out AI at our company because mm-hmm. the, it was talked about by the finance person, <clears throat> and I'm assuming that it has to do with um, with uh, reimbursements, payments with the insurance companies, like yeah. rolling out a software to help get maximized dollar collection uh, into the business. Yeah, that would make the most sense. Yeah. But cause I, I mean, obviously every, every facility does their own, every office does their own inventory, you know, marketing, maybe, maybe if they're trying to, you know, get more people to come into our, you know, how you could ask them, ask AI questions about how to, you know, how do we access this demographic and this environment with this, this you know, you have to put in all the inputs. I feel like that's maybe, a loaded question. I, I feel like marketing will forever be one of those gray areas where you need human understanding. Explain more. Tell me why. Um, Just for the fact that you, when you when you're trying to market to a person or group of people, you can ask AI all the questions in the world you can ask. But. There's nuance to marketing. There's nuance to where to put it out, how to put it out, what's the best angle to approach it at. And I feel like for the next, you know, however amount of time, AI is going to be very black and white. It's, you know, the, it's the send it an email between the hours of 4 and 6 p.m. when they're getting off work or going to the gym. You know, I think there's there's more to it. It should be more nuanced. So well, marketing is kind of a hard one to. So I'll give you um the other side of that discussion, because I think that marketing is probably one of the easiest ways to to use AI to build marketing. Here's what I see. Very often, the leaders of a company are the most experienced. They've been around the longest. How do they know what the 20-somethings want in advertising and marketing? That's a good question. AI would give you, hey, if I want to, if I want to bring in uh, an additional five percent of millennials, and I want them to to want to buy product X, AI would have the ability to go through thousands and hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of data points to say, okay, if they're between the ages of eighteen and twenty seven. And, you know, 18 to 27 trying to buy this product, um, you know, they could go to what stores they were buying or what products they were buying and how they chose that product and where they searched. I'm wondering if the, the calculation of that data would be easier in marketing because so you're, you could, you're, you're, you're talking more about a marketing plan than actual how do you get to them or what do you send to them? For example, I don't think that a paper fly like I don't think a paper coupon no would work, right? Now, no. and 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 what I'm what I'm thinking is is that that I wonder if AI would say the best way to market to these people would be to advertise on this website, this website, this website. And the best way to get them to buy this product is to have pictures that have it this color, this animal, and this location. You know what I mean? Like that's the kind of stuff that that I'm wondering if an AI computer uh, an AI system would be able to identify over, well, the young kids, they like Taylor Swift. So let's make sure we hire Taylor Swift to be in our marketing program. Yeah, yeah that's possible. I mean, as, as AI evolves, it should be able to define, you know, what you're looking for and how to do it much easier than, you know, than, than we expect. It should be getting smarter all the time because that's the definition of artificial intelligence, correct? 
as long as they calc, as long as they're collecting data, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure that that's probably one of the big hindrances these companies are going to be facing is how do we store all of the data points that the AI is going to be needing to make the best decisions for us? Because if it grows every day, every minute, every hour, your server space is going to get eaten up pretty quick. So as we wrap up today's show, next week we'll have ChatGPT decide our topic for us. Jason, I'll leave that up to you. Um, we're going to find out what they want us to talk about, and we're going to attempt to talk about it. Um, if you have a topic you want us to talk about to go up against the ChatGPT's topic, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, all at Liquid Carnage. Um, for all you single ladies up in the Denver metro area, the EP is looking for someone to go with them to a uh, Colorado Avalanche hockey game. If you're interested in a romantic Valentine's Day hockey game in that week, I'm not sure what the actual schedule is, hit him up on uh, liquid underscore EP on Twitter and the Instagram. Awesome. Yeah. I'm excited. We're going to see what happens, man. We're going to, we'll, we'll, we'll let the, let technology see how, how good it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's fair. Cause I'm, I, I am one of those where I don't like using technology for everything. A lot of things, yes, but everything, no. I, I should have its limitations. Nature well, the good, always finds a way. I, the good thing is, is that it's going to be very hard for AI to put together a Kern sausage. That's <laughs> that's fair. That's <laughs> fair. But so if all else fails, well, actually, you can't say that right now because once they have all the mixing like equipment and the, the processing. Oh, I guess you're right. If we have robots, you're right. I mean, you know what, though? I, I You know how it is. There's something yeah. about the pinch of love that goes into a recipe that makes it a little bit better. And I don't know how AI is going to be able to replicate let's that. Call, let's call that what that is. That's you just clipped yourself. It's probably a little bit of blood from the grinder. Oh, That's maybe. Fine. Okay. It could be it, that. It, 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 it could, could be that. Fine. It, it could, could be that. Fine. That being said, Jason, take us home. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we always appreciate you. That was Scott. I am Jason. And as always, if you never know...